Welcome to the All Things Nintendo Podcast. I'm Brian Shea from Game Informer, and this is a weekly podcast to discuss all the biggest news and games from the world of Nintendo. After weeks of rumors, we finally received the September Nintendo Direct everyone was saying was going to happen. We got several announcements, so we're going to devote most of this episode to that. But on the tail end, I'm also going to give my impressions of Mortal Kombat 1, which I have been spending a ton of time with. Joining me for this single segment episode of All Things Nintendo is Game Informer's own Kyle Hilliard. Kyle, how are you doing? Hey, that's me. Good. After a, a solid Nintendo Direct, I think there was some some fun stuff in there. Yeah, there, there's. it was not a bad Direct. I think that a lot of people had some very lofty expectations, as they always do for yeah, these, these things. But uh, yeah, let's just jump right into it. First of all, what was your biggest announcement that came out of this Direct? Yeah, I'm pulling up the sort of... Uh their YouTube channel to look at all the, all the announcements, you know, like mm-hmm. have them listed out. Um, gosh, biggest announcement. Well, I guess maybe Mario versus Donkey Kong. Cause I'm trying to think it's like everything else was like, uh, checking in on something we already knew about, right? Like princess peach showtime. It's mm-hmm. like, we knew that existed. That's really cool to see. Um, Mario RPG. We got to see more of, but yeah, in terms, I, I, yeah, I guess Paper Mario Thousand Year Door and Mario versus Donkey Kong are like the new things that I was like, oh yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, I, I want to play those for sure. Yeah, and it's interesting because I shared this with the team. There was a leak going around a few days ago mm. and everybody was like, oh no, that's obviously fake. Like there's no way that that's, that's real. But then you look at some of the stuff and it's like they got Princess Peach Showtime the name of it correct they got uh f099 correct and i was like oh man is this gonna be real and then they also had uh metroid samus returns which did not happen metroid prime 4 which did not happen and a a apparent remake of the legend of zelda ocarina of time which did not happen so i guess that all goes to it all goes to tell you like don't pay attention to leaks a lot of times especially (laughs) people on social media who purport to know that they know what's going to be on an upcoming direct. Some of it's, it's weird that they got Princess Peach Showtime accurate though, but like yeah, not other I stuff mean, and F zero ninety nine. Yeah, I mean those weren't like impossible to not guess if that makes sense, right? Like, but just very unlikely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? the name is what like if Princess Peach Showtime with the exclamation point included, mind you, uh was was very that, that that's when i saw that and i was like oh maybe that was real are we gonna get ocarina of time and then no he did not uh, so I, I got myself excited after writing off those leaks like before the thing even started i found a, a tweet that i made like from 2021 where i w- was randomly playing f-zero x on wii u mm-hmm. on 2021 i hooked up my wii u uh, to to grab some uh games and i was and i had tweeted that i was like oh this f-zero mode actually feels like the first instance that I played a battle royale. And so it's funny that now there's, they were, they thought the same thing and we're like, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, let's, let's jump into these announcements. I guess we already mentioned it a few times. Let's talk about princess peach showtime. That is the, the lead off batter in the Nintendo press release that came out by the way. So usually they will put their biggest headline, what they consider their biggest headline first in the press release. So they started off with princess peach showtime and, uh, you know, this was one that I, I think maybe you were the one who came on last time we had a Nintendo Direct and we discussed the untitled Princess Peach game that was that was shown at that. And I had a conspiracy theory 
that this game was not going to be a Nintendo Switch game. It was either going to be a mobile game or for the next console because all of them said coming to Nintendo Switch on this day or this year or this month or whatever. And for Princess Peach, whatever it was going to be called at that time, they just said coming in 2024, not Mm -hmm. coming to Nintendo Switch in 2024. And I've looked way too much into that apparently because it is coming to Nintendo Switch March 22nd, 2024. Uh, what did you think about this trailer? Uh, I'm actually kind of like rewatching it because the when we, the, which is why my eyes are diverted. Um, I because I didn't really get to watch it super closely, but it looks cool. It looks um, like there's depth, right? It's not fully just 2D. It's like something closer to like uh, I don't know 3D world, I guess maybe. But yeah, yeah it looks it looks funky. It looks cool. It looks good. I like the different costumes. So like the premise they gave us is uh, the wicked grape and the sour bunch take take over the sparkle theater where Peach and a few toads are attending a show. And then uh, Peach, I guess, acquires an ability to transform using Stella, who is the theater's guardian, using her ribbon. So it's like kind of like Kirby-esque in that regard, where she gets these different outfits and has different powers. And I made the joke that if you've played Super Princess Peach, you know that her superpower in that game is to basically just suffer an emotional breakdown. Yeah, yeah right. Which right. not a not not the most sensitive way of approaching her first starring role. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, it this seems like a really awesome uh twist on the gameplay that you might expect from a game starring peach so we saw like a sword fighter we saw kung fu peach we saw her uh being a pastry chef i guess uh, yeah or like some kind peach. of chef or something yeah yeah so there's like a lot of different transformations they're promising a ton more that we haven't seen so there's seems like there's going to be some cool stuff i'm hoping it's not as straightforward as it could be where it's just like okay you get the ability that you need to do this puzzle and i hope that there's like some interplay between the abilities which i'm assuming there will be because nintendo's usually pretty clever when it comes to like power-ups and how they're implemented yeah i guess the question is like what who who is who are they expecting to play this game like is it going to be scaled back for younger players or are they gonna maintain some of the challenge of you know traditional mario i'm guessing more the former um but uh yeah it looks cool I'm, i'm excited to play it it's perfect timing, too, because if you've seen the Super Mario Brothers movie, which I'm thinking most people who listen to this podcast have, given the numbers that it put up at the box office, she was a much more like action-oriented character, much more capable yeah. than she has traditionally been in a lot of the games. So like with her kind of stepping into the co-star role alongside Mario in that movie, it's it's the perfect time for her to get her own game. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So you, you, have, a, uh, you have a daughter. Do you think I she's going to play this? Uh, probably not. She's picky. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we'll you're, check back in. You're, you're, if you're fighting things in this, uh, she's she's probably out. She's like, I don't want to fight anybody. Well, that's <laughs> like, very, right. very sensitive of her. That's, very that's sensible. what she likes. She knows what she likes. Hey, good for her. What game is she playing lately? Just Roblox primarily with friends. <laughs> okay. And then just uh, she, she kind of jumps back and forth between Stardew and Animal Crossing. Those are like her three mainstays, basically. Well, I mean, can't really argue with Stardew or Animal Crossing. Yeah. Solid no, picks. She's got good taste. Yeah. Well, it's almost <laughs> as if she has a professional critic helping her find good games to play. Oh, God, dude. Nothing will turn her off of a game faster than me suggesting she play it. That's just that's <laughs> parenting 101. Trust me. 
No, I mean, I've, I've definitely had that situation. I'm I mean, imagine if your dad was like, you should play this game. You'd be like, I'm not going to play that game. Get out of here. <laughs> I mean, he was the one who bought me Super Mario World, and I, I played that a little bit. I guess that's true. There you go. <laughs> Is that your favorite game? Did we mention that yet? We've not mentioned that yet. Okay, let's get that in there. Uh, no, Breath for... of the Wild's my favorite game. Come on. Oh, or your favorite 2D Mario? What? The 2D one platformer. you always say. You always say that it's your 2D. <laughs> it's my favorite, favorite 2D, 2D platformer. No, it's my favorite platformer. Okay, favorite platformer. Okay, that was the other title of this podcast at one time, right? Super Mario World is my favorite platformer? Yes, yes. Okay, cool. Uh, but we did not get Super Mario World. We didn't even get mention of Super Mario Wonder, which was interesting to me, even though it did yeah. get its own direct a couple weeks ago. But like, you would think they would even just be like, hey, you know, this is still coming out, but uh, maybe we'll get another thing before that. But we did get another Mario game, not really a new one, but it's uh, Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door. That yeah. was the that's the second headline that Nintendo has in their press release. And I think rightly so it was their Oh, this is our final announcement. So like, please watch this video. It's a GameCube game. So we, we know what to expect there. Not the GameCube game that we have been expecting, which is Wind Waker for the longest time. We've been thinking like, oh, that's the work is mostly done on that game. So yeah. why not just put it on Switch? But uh, Nintendo GameCube's Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door. What is your history with this game? Uh, almost none. I I played Paper Mario on N64 and quite enjoyed it. Um, I'm trying to think of the timeline because I got a GameCube to play Wind Waker. Um, and I that was like I'm trying to think was Thousand Year Door well before Wind Waker? I'm looking it up right now. I want to say Wind Waker was later on in the the GameCube cycle. Yeah. In any case, whatever the timing was, I really I didn't I didn't play it. Um, I I, I only played paper. I rented Paper Mario on 64 and enjoyed it, but never beat it. And then Thousand Year Door, I just kind of like skipped. Um, never ne- never made time for it. But I you know I know its reputation. It's beloved. I I I think I think I will play it on Switch because I the last handful of Paper Marios I've started. Like was it Origami King? Was that the that was the last one? I think right. Yeah, I think so. Which I started and I played probably maybe even like up to a half of that game, but um, the sort of the the complaint that many had about that game is one that I totally get is like there's no sense of progression in that RPG. You, you're not like leveling up really. Um, so I just like I, it was hard to really get excited about continuing in that game where this. Or uh, where Thousand Year Door is more kind of what I guess you could call traditional Paper Mario, even though at this point there are fewer. There's Paper Mario 1 and then Thousand Year Door, and then they kind of just change it up a lot from there. So there are more games that are not like the first two than there are like the first two, if that makes you know what I'm saying. So it's like, is it fair to call this traditional Paper Mario? But in any case, like I I, I do want to play like a more traditional Mario rpg but hey i'm in luck because mario rpg is literally coming later this year will i still have an appetite for it next year i'm not sure i i don't know i mean hey it's it's coming in 2024 just a nebulous 2024 window so i would imagine this is going to be like a summer release like this seems like a summer release especially if the rumors that we're going to get the next nintendo console hybrid whatever it ends up being later on in 2024 this might be like one of the switches kind of last hurrahs yeah could be, yeah. I'm, I'm. I bet, I bet I'll be in the mood for it by the time it comes out, right? Like it's, it's funny that Sea of Stars kind of recently sort of uh, scratched the itch that Mario RPG scratches, and then I will play Mario RPG when that comes out because I love that game. That's important to me. 
But yeah, I don't know. Will will I will that itch be fully scratched <laughs> for a thousand years or potentially? Yeah. You're not going to believe this, Kyle. I looked it up. Wind Waker came out a year and a half before Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door. Okay, then why did I just totally? What a weird thing because I was working at a GameStop, right? Like I bought my GameCube with a, with a discount, I think. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, it's not like it's not like I didn't have access to it or couldn't have even borrowed it from the store. I guess I just was really disinterested for some reason. I don't know why. Wow. I have to go back well, and ask myself. Was it two thousand five? Something like that. Two thousand four. Two thousand four. I'll have to ask my two thousand four self what I was doing instead of playing Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. I guess I was. My band was going pretty strong at the time. I was probably playing some shows. <laughs> yeah. So. It did come to the Wii Virtual Console in 2007 and the Wii U okay. Virtual Console in 2015, which really, really the GameCube game. It says that. Oh, okay. Oh wait, never mind. No, no, no. I'm I'm an idiot. I'm looking at the Paper Mario um, series Wikipedia oh, page. Oh, okay, okay. That so no, out. it has not been ported. Um, the original one was the on original Virtual one console. was on Virtual Console. My is it apologies. On, is it currently on Virtual Console? The original on Switch. It is on Switch Online, yes. Okay, the original cool, cool. Okay. Nintendo sixty four Paper Mario. So sweet. Get your uh, get get caught up on the series, I guess, if you want to check that out. But yeah, you uh, got to play the first one before you play the second one. The story, <laughs> you got to know what's happening. Obviously, so Paper Mario: A Thousand Year Door coming to Switch in twenty twenty four. Did not mean to rhyme that, but F zero ninety nine. Your premonition came true, as you mentioned at the top of the show. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. So it starts out with 99 racers and, uh, you know, it has courses and and they're calling them machines. I'm just going to call them cars from the, the SNES game. Right. Graphics look like kind of like upgraded version of the SNES game, which is good because the SNES version of F-Zero, much like the Star Fox <laughs> SNES game, was holding on by a thread every time you ran that game. Yeah. So it's good. That, that was they a launch, have... Super Nintendo launch game, I think. Right. So they like they were really figuring things out at that point. You know. Yeah. So you can use the you can use the SNES controller if you want in this version, which is cool. Nice. Um, if you have the the Switch SNES controller, so it is uh, that's much more readily accessible now. And uh, yeah, basically just try to be the last person standing uh it, your rank decreases if you crash and then you can get a temporary fuel boost or temporary speed boost using fuel uh yeah seems like there's a lot of cosmetic options i'm just looking at kind of the feature list here and uh it's available now kyle so are you gonna check this out uh oh it is available now i will i i do think it's gonna be utter chaos i don't think it's gonna be like really like <laughs> you can strategize very much. Uh, but I, I do want to try it. I really, do, I, I'm not, I'm, I am not an F zero fan, but I am an F zero X on N64 fan. I played that game a lot. Uh, so I don't really have any like reverence for the original super Nintendo game, but um, I like, I, I like, I want to try it. If that makes sense. I, I liked the sort of battle Royale mode that was in X. And that makes me want to try it here and, and see what it's like. Well, you can play X on Switch Online as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I have. Yeah, it's good. Okay. That game holds up. So what is your favorite of these, like, kind of 99? So we had, what, Pac-Man 99? That 
was short-lived if i'm not mistaken i don't think i never even played it mario 35 was out for like five five days uh, yeah i think i played one round yeah tetris 99 still going strong right i don't know but that's my favorite that's my favorite as well yeah but mario 35 should have been my favorite i feel like <laughs> yeah but tetris yeah. i think it was a matter of like tetris i'm decent at right i would i would not go so far as i'm good at tetris but like i could at least feel like i was playing well and enjoy it if that makes sense where mario like i'm not like i was sort of particularly good at mario or anything so i just felt like i didn't really feel like i had any agency over like my progress i was like well i don't know i'm just <laughs> i'm here <laughs> but tetris <laughs> i felt like i could uh i could compete you know like i don't i don't i'm but i don't know if i ever got the first place i i know i made it in the top five or like top 10 pretty consistently but i don't know if i ever got number one i'm not sure yeah if, I, if I don't I've, remember then i probably didn't right <laughs> the only battle royale-esque game i've ever gotten first place in was fall guys fall guys <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's that counts as a battle royale right how many people started that? like 50 60 something like well, that. well come on you've, you've played a couple rounds of Fortnite. they throw you against the bots the first couple times make you feel good about yourself yeah, so, you gotta, so you got a victory royale on your first try and literally when you say you've played a couple rounds of Fortnite, that is precisely the number of rounds of Fortnite <laughs> i've played too and i did not win either of them <laughs> oh okay uh kyle let's go to the the old school stuff. There's a lot of old school stuff in there. You know, Paper Mario, it's a throwback. F zero ninety nine, another throwback. Tomb Raider one through three remastered, starring Lara Croft, is the full official title. Oh, she's starring in this one. Okay, yeah, cool. she's I didn't finally know she was in this one. Starring in a Tomb Raider game is Lara Croft. Um, yeah, you wrote up our story about this, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, and uh, it's available for pre-order today, but it's coming out on February 14th, which they say is just in time to celebrate Lara Croft's birthday. I guess her birthday, is it, is it just is the Valentine's anniversary Day? of the first game or is that actually like her in-universe birthday? That's that's Let's a good question. Out. Is she born on, that's Valentine's Day, right? Let's see, Lara Croft. Uh, what, what is Lara Croft's birthday? February 14th. She was born in England. Um, on She's, yeah, she's a Valentine's Day baby. We're going to go and look at what the first. Okay. So the first Tomb Raider, because, you know, they say that from like uh, Mario's birthday. They say that all the time. Right. Right. And they always just are referring to like his, like the release of the game. It's not like his actual birthday or, and then like Sonic, Sonic does the same thing. Sonic's birthday. That's what they say when it's June 23rd. uh, They always say it's just Sonic's birthday. Yeah. And that's just because that's when the first game came out, or June 21st. I forget if it's 23rd or 21st. But the first Tomb Raider game came out October 25th, 1996. So I don't know. I guess just she was born on Valentine's Day, the character. So Yeah, okay. no, that's, yeah I just looked it up. That's the yeah, canon. I know. It's just a very yeah. weird thing to like assign. Okay, whatever. We'll move on. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, this is just the first three Tomb Raider games. Yeah. Starring Lara Croft. Starring Lara Croft. Very important. And uh, yeah, it says remastered and featuring each game's expansion content. I actually never played the original Tomb Raider games. I had like a crappy PC where I, someone like I had a version of it. Right. And I played it a little bit of it, but I could never really make any progress. Uh, maybe I was too young or something, but um, this actually, I was surprised, surprised at how excited I was by this announcement because, because I really love, 
uh tomb raider 2014 is that the year that came out i think i think so uh, but that one 2013 that, 2013 okay that game i it, despite you know was a f- critical and financial success i think is underrated in well, a way whoa, 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 whoa. it was not a financial success square enix famously said it underperformed even right. though it sold like millions upon millions of copies yeah. square enix is awful at forecasting sales by the way I, I had a tweet about this a few months ago where i was just because like they also said like final fantasy 16 sells like x million number of copies underperforms and I, I went back and looked and like sleeping dogs hitman tomb raider like the 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 reboot yeah all, like final fantasy 15 all of those like underperformed in sales and it's like well maybe this is not like a the game's problem maybe it's like a forecasting <laughs> problem yeah. yeah 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 no you're right because even yeah like marvel right that was another one that they probably like, probably sold a bajillion copies that they're like yeah no not good enough let's just take it offline shut it down <laughs> uh, well i mean to be fair that game had a lot more problems than their initial sales that's true that's true um but i so yeah the 20 tomb raider 2013 i think is like underrated in the sense that I don't think it gets enough credit for how it has influenced modern sort of third person shooter game design. Like, I think that game is amazing. Uh, just a fantastic game. And it and it made me kind of retroactively kind of be like, maybe I should care more about Tomb Raider as a game. Right. I've always like liked the character and stuff, but um, I never really knew. I never went back and played those old games, but um, I will absolutely at least touch this. Right. I mean, I'm not going to sit down. I'm not going to pretend i'm gonna sit down and play the all, all three of the original tomb raider games they're they, they're old games they're hard to play but i at least like from a historical sort of perspective i want to at least like play the first hour of them and i love and in any game that lets you switch back and forth between the new and old visuals i'm on board with which it seems like this game does uh so i'm i'm like uh more excited than i thought i would be for this announcement i didn't know that was going to happen does that make sense? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it, it, it does make sense. Also, like they presented it to me and I'm like, you know what? You're right. I do want this. Thank you. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised that now you're mentioning like games, you can switch back and forth between the art style, like the original art style and the modern art style. I mean, it, it doesn't look like the Tomb Raider modern art style is going to be really that modern. It just looks like they cleaned up the visuals a little bit. Last week, I talked about Rugrats Adventures in Gameland which got announced right before PAX a couple weeks ago. I'm surprised that did not get an appearance here on this uh, this Direct because that is mm. like right up the alley of people who love Nintendo. It's literally an NES game. They're putting out a cartridge on NES and it's coming to Switch. And that also has the ability, if you're playing on like one of the modern platforms, not the NES, if you're playing on like the Switch or the PlayStation or whatever, you can switch between the 8-bit style NES graphics and modern graphics that look like the 90s cartoon. So I'm surprised they didn't have any kind of reference to that whatsoever. Yeah, I guess, man, if I had to put myself in Nintendo's shoes, they I, I think the sort of licensed element of it like is put as a knock against it. Not that they don't have licensed games on Nintendo Directs. They do. Um, but I just, I, I think they would rather showcase, you know, something specific to video games rather than like a licensed game, it, it, you know, if they can help it, they did have spy family, spy X family, uh, on the, um, on the stream, which is a licensed anime game. But I, I, I think that like I, I everyone on the game informer staff was kind of like, whatever shoulder shrug, but it's like, I, but I was raising my hand. I was like, no, you guys don't understand. Like this is the most popular anime right now. And this is the first video game adaptation. It's that, that show is fantastic. I love spy family. That's like one of my favorite animes. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I, I would think that that and then coupled with the fact that it's like, eh, it's like looking backwards too much. <laughs> right? sure. NES, like we, we've moved on from NES. We're, we're remaking NES games now. Uh, Contra, for example. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah I don't know. Contra. Yeah, sure. What is your history with the original Contra? Uh, my Contra history starts with Contra 3 on Super Nintendo, a game that I played a lot and really loved. Um, and have a lot of nostalgic affection for the original Contra. Uh, not so much. I don't. I never really played the the original Contra. And I guess this this is not a remake of the original Contra. It's a reimagining of like they say the reimagining of the NES game, which is mm-hmm. broad enough to make it seem like I I have no clue what this is. Then like, is it does it have nothing to do with the original games? It's it doesn't it, the level layouts don't look like the original games as near as I can tell or anything like that. I think it's going to. So here, let me just read. It's a short blurb that they sent over for the press release. It says Contra Operation Galuga. The legendary Contra series is back. Comp- Contra Operation Galuga is a modern reimagining of the classic run and gun action game from the 80s featuring modern graphics and sound. Encounter new stages, new play mechanics, an updated weapon system, and explosive co-op combat for up to two players in story mode or four players in arcade mode. So coming I mean, early 2024 to Switch. I mean, this is every... Ev- that description could apply to every Contra game that has come out in the last <laughs> really like, 10 could. years. Like, was it? I was just looking it up because I couldn't remember what it was called, but like, uh, was it Rogue? Um, Rogue Core? Yeah, which was in... 2019 was just like a blip like it just didn't no one reacted at all to it and that was kind of right that was like a throwback sort of action Mm. game i guess it's not 2d no it was like the isometric perspective and it also kind of wasn't good (laughs) i know but like that's 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 kind of the story of contra i feel like is like they're like yeah we're gonna bring it back and then it's like you play it it's like okay like yeah i guess this feels like contra (laughs) i mean shattered soldier was cool on ps2 i liked that game and then there was a ds1 contra 4 which may have been from way forward who is the same developer here was pretty cool that was the big headline on this one for me was that way Way forward Forward. was working with konami to develop uh operation galuga so that gave me a lot more hope than previous contra titles have had okay yeah contra 4 released on ds in 2007 and yes that was way forward and that is that is i i think probably the best sort of you know revisitation of contra was that ds game contra 4 uh so that's uh that does that does inspire optimism although the visuals it just like i don't know it just seemed okay it didn't yeah way forward it has like great animation they've done some fantastic looking games and and this one didn't really uh, blow my socks off it it, it, it kind of, if you hadn't told me it was way forward i don't think i would have guessed that it was a way forward game no i would have totally thought it's just oh konami's putting out another game so i'm glad yeah. they mentioned it's way forward because yes. that gave me more hope for the gameplay and everything yeah like that it, it, if if just looking at it i'm kind of like eh, okay that looks all right them saying way forward makes me go like okay actually i do want to try this and give it a shot they, um, you know, Contra, the original Contra back on NES was one of those games that I would go over to one of my uncle's houses and play before I owned a console. So, like, I have a lot of affection for that game. That was like mm. one of the games I really cut my teeth on. So I, I'm excited for a modern reimagining of that. I hope like there's some of the original stages. I, I didn't look too closely at the level design of this, but it looks like it, it at least has the spirit of that original Contra. So. I don't yeah, know. I'm I in. So. I, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely gonna check this one out. 
Yeah, I'm looking back over it again now and like looking at it more closely, right? Getting a chance to because like when we watch these streams, you gotta understand we're like writing stories and like, oh I I, I gotta I'm writing this, so I can't really pay too much attention to the Contra trailer right now. But um uh, well actually that is one that I wrote. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> so I did watch it pretty closely, but um but now watching it as like sort of just a ah, like well rather than looking for specific details to put in the story. It I it looks I'm I'm more into it if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean I, I'm that's one that I'm gonna circle when it gets does it have an actual release date? It's just early twenty twenty four, right? Um uh, early twenty twenty four, yes. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm seeing. Okay. So yeah, whenever that gets a release date, that'll definitely be circled on my calendar. But uh it's not one that like I'm like, oh my god, I can't wait for this to come out. But Right, yeah. Trombone champ, Kyle. Did you ever check out the PC version of this? Um yeah, I did. Yeah, I played it a good bit. Um, I mean, a good bit. I guess I played like five or six songs, and I was like, "This is charming and funny," um, and that uh, and that was that was that, it. That does it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you probably have seen this if you're on social media at all. People sometimes will post like, you know, oh, here's Metallica's one done in trombone champ, and it just <laughs> sounds like garbage, but it's hilarious. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. I have a feeling we're not going to see any of those licensed songs in this. They said there's going to be like, you know, everything from like modern music to like the classics, like classical music and everything. So I don't know what to expect, but they didn't show any like truly like licensed music in the trailer, but they're saying that there's going to be over 45 songs in this version and uh yeah it says you can use motion controls if you want i don't know if it's yeah i only that, motion controls so i played on steam deck a bit and then it is it is more fun with a mouse right like on your desk and and like by the way like if you're not familiar with this game like it's supposed to sound kind of absurd and it's supposed to be a little hard to play it's it's a very funny um it's like just a a goofball game it's not really meant to be like a like a rock band where it's like get amazing at these songs and make it feel like you're playing guitar. It's meant to be kind of silly and weird and a little hard to control. And um, the, the, that's why I like the control options on switch where you can use motion controls or the oh, IR yeah. sensor to like move like a trombone, right? Like move it further and closer away. Um, that actually sounds like a really fun way to play the game. Um, so I, I like, I like that they shared that. I think that's fun. All right, let's move on to Prince of Persia, the Lost Crown. This is one that they didn't really show anything new. I mean, maybe one of like the boss battles or something that they showed in the trailer was new. I haven't paid as close enough attention to like really know what has and hasn't been shown. There wasn't really any new information, but how are you feeling about this game? Because I played it at PAX and I came away very impressed. And I know Alex Van Aken, our video producer, also had a chance to play it at uh packs or a uh, summer game fest and also was like a big fan of it yeah i'm very excited for this game this is like one of those uh games that's kind of like you don't really need to show me anything else guys i'll just take the final game when it's done thank you you know like i just i really it looks great um it it, it if we're to believe and i don't i don't think it's unfair to believe that this is um switch gameplay you know hopefully the switch version will be solid because that's where i'd like to play it i think just as like a a platformer on the on on switch it just like you know like metroid kind of like a metroid dread kind of uh zone of game i like that um so yeah i'm just i'm still excited for it did i the, one of the things they said was like pre-order to get a warrior within skin or something yeah so that that's something that they i think they've announced prior to this okay. 
But yeah, that, you, if you pre-order, you get like the warrior within costume for the character. That is so bizarre. Like, why warrior within? Are you a Prince <laughs> of Persia fan, Shay? Like, did have you played a bunch of them? It has been so long since I played a Prince. I think the last one I played was the uh, not Sands of Time. What was the other one? Forgotten Sands. Okay, which is the third one? Okay, because like, like those... the fourth one. That was like the after they did that like reboot that you love. Oh, they, what like to, to time with the movie, right? Yeah, um, where they couldn't get Gyllenhaal didn't offer his license, his likeness, but they kind of got in the zone <laughs> of Gyllenhaal. Very much uh, so. Yeah, no, I I love that series. I have played all those games, um, maybe a lot of them even more than once. But Warrior Within is like <laughs> far and away considered the weakest of that whole set of games. Like, I, it's weird that that's the one that they're offering a skin for like why not sans of time like i, mean, I guess maybe those will be unlockable in some other way or like there'll be dlc or something maybe it's just like oh yeah let's just throw them like an old school thing that people aren't going to be like super torn up if they don't get it right i guess there'll be some other point. way to get the other stuff yeah i mean i guess because also he looks he looks pretty close to sands of time also um already because mm-hmm. he's got like the blue pants and stuff so and the and the scarf so i guess if they gave sand a sands of time skin it would kind of feel like yeah, I already have this, uh, but it just struck me as I mean, I don't really I don't care about skins pre-orders. That does not affect my interest in playing the game whatsoever. I was just more like Warrior Within that like no one likes Warrior Within. Why, like, why are you, you going to cool have a, a Godsmack soundtrack download as, as well? Like, what are you doing? But yeah, I mean, I don't know. The Warrior Within like look was pretty neat, especially back in like 2006 or whenever that game came out. That was yeah, like. Was like it was the, the eyeshadow age. look like it was like you know the that angst, era yeah. yeah i don't know speaking of sands of time do you think we're ever gonna see that remake <laughs> yeah i think so i mean i think it's still happening what's going but on with that i don't know i mean it, it is it it is odd that they have the sands of time remake that they announced but then this is they have a brand new prince game that i I think arguably people are like more excited about. I mean, I love Sands mm. of Time. I, I will absolutely play that remake whenever it comes to exist. But uh, yeah, it is it is odd. I don't, I don't know what's going on there at this point. What comes out first from Ubisoft? Sands of Time remake or Beyond Good and Evil 2? Sands of Time remake. Like now, 100%. Yeah. Sands of Time remake or Skull and Bones? Skull and Bones. <laughs> they have a lot of games that are just have been in development hell for a long time (laughs) skull and bones has been in beta at this point now at this i i would think skull and bones is like it it, and i bet skull and bones is like basically done and they're just trying to feel out when's the best place to drop this thing where people pay not too much attention to it you know (laughs) yeah i'm gonna say you'll see how ubisoft truly feels about skull and bones when they release a like a, a release date for it and it's like, all right, it's got the same release date as GTA 6. Yeah, <laughs> this out to die. <laughs> Which is very funny because another game that Ubisoft had in development for a very, very, very long time uh, publicly was Watch Dogs. And I remember they kind of in their marketing campaign did a little jab at GTA 5, which was coming out around that same time. Oh, right. <laughs> oh And then they delayed it again. They were like, yeah, when, when you're done with, uh, what was it? Uh, was it San Andreas that, uh, or Liberty City, right? right? When you're done there, come visit Chicago and Watch Dogs. And then, of course, you know, it ended up getting delayed, so they couldn't. <laughs> but oh, yeah, boy. Ubisoft, uh, not great at getting games out fast, which I guess yeah, it's for the fine. best. I'd rather, I'd rather... Care a good game as shigeru miyamoto probably never said but everybody attributes the quote to yeah <laughs> but uh 
let's move on to another game that was featured uh, somewhat prominently here. Luigi's Mansion 2 HD, which is a very interesting naming convention because it, that's not what it was called on 3DS. It was called Luigi's yeah. Mansion Dark Moon on 3DS. They're just ditching the Dark Moon part altogether, and it's just Luigi's Mansion 2 HD. But, Did you yeah, play please. Dark Moon? No, I, I didn't. My family did, and they really enjoyed it. But I, I never... Yeah, I... Actually, now I'm thinking about it. I've never finished a Luigi's Mansion game. I've, oh, really? I've, I've dabbled in all of them, um, but I've never actually beaten any of the three. Right? Yeah. Three? Yeah, One, Dark three. Moon, and then three. Yeah, yeah. I've never finished it. Now that you say it like that, it does make sense that they would rename it because it is a little bit Yeah. What is weird. Dark Moon? No one cares. It's like, yeah, call it two. I think that's the right call. They should have called it two to begin with. Yeah, they should have. A Luigi's Mansion 2 Dark Moon HD is a little bit too long. Yeah. But then again, it's not like these companies really care about what their titles are at this point, especially yeah. companies like Square Enix, where it's just word vomit. And <laughs> all right, go out, release uh, Luigi's Mansion 2 HD looks good. If you never played that, I never played this version either. I dabbled in the first one, didn't play the second one. And then I've beaten Luigi's Mansion 3. Very, very good game, by the way, Luigi's Mansion 3. So I have high hopes for 2 HD. Yeah, and uh, it's got four-player online co-op if you want. Um, there's local multiplayer, and then you know a full-on Luigi's Mansion adventure with all kinds of different biomes, apparently. And so the campaign sh- is fully co-op. I don't know if the co. It says plus hunt ghosts with up to four players online in group exercises. Exercises like that way, group exercise. Okay, and then across different multiplayer <laughs> modes or conjure up fun frights in the local multiplayer scare scraper mode so it doesn't look like campaign okay. is full co-op all right but scare yeah. scraper which was in luigi's mansion 3 was fun so i okay. can see it being fun in luigi's mansion 2 hd i wish i'd played the 3ds version but just never got around to it it was never like a friend I, I don't know when luigi's mansion came out as the launch title for gamecube i was just like ah, eh, this feels like they just needed a marquee character to have a launch title since mario wasn't ready yet yeah um, and so I didn't really ever give it its proper due, even though I recognize now that it's a very good game. Yeah, I feel like when the GameCube launched, like it, it wasn't a game I ever heard anyone being over the moon for, you know, like I didn't have a GameCube at launch. I had a friend who had a GameCube at launch and we just played Tony Hawk on GameCube. That was kind of like the <laughs> game that we played. Um, and we're, and Luigi's Mansion, the feedback that I always heard was like, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's not bad. Uh, you know, uh, which was like not enough for me to get excited about it, really. I remember buying an Xbox, an original Xbox, just because I obviously I wanted it for like Halo and Halo 2 and everything. I was very late to the Xbox party. I actually mm-hmm. played Halo, the original one, on my PC, my dumb little laptop that my parents got for me because oh, I was like getting ready to go to funny. college. So yeah. I got Halo 1 on that and I was like, All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait for Halo 2 to come to, to PC. And it kept seeing rumors for it. I remember I downloaded a, years, right? Yeah. Yeah. I downloaded something that was like purported to be like a, a soundtrack for Halo 2 on PC and it destroyed my laptop. I had to go to like <laughs> a computer store to get the viruses removed because I downloaded it off LimeWire. <laughs> old LimeWire. So I was, I was very hyped for Halo 2 and I was, I finally gave in and I, I bought a used Xbox and a used collector's edition of Halo 2. And while I was there, I was so excited because they had Tony Hawk. 2x do you remember that oh yeah Hell where yeah. it was that one was like and two comp. in the same game and i was like this is incredible like that's exactly what i wanted and of course we eventually got something similar to that with tony hawk's pro skater one and two hd yeah 
which came out a few years ago, but um, still very sour that we never got the three, four because the studio got absorbed into the call of duty machine as so many never, uh, Activision companies end up. getting. Oh, absorbed. you mean like a remake, like a, sort of a right. Yeah. 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 So are, they actually three said and like, four were like my, my big Tony Hawk games. You know what I mean? Is that the one like, you played three on GameCube? Yeah, I played three and then I had three on, we had like a, that I had, yeah, three, and then a four was the first one that I like took and had myself and played on my own time rather than like at a friend's house, you know. So three and four are very special to me. Um, but uh, yeah, oh, I was well. so excited when one if and only, two HD if, came out. If only one and two, those one and two remakes sold well enough to justify <laughs> remaking <laughs> three and four, if only. I mean, it seemed like they were already, according to Tony Hawk, he was the one who said it, was like, yeah, there were plans in place to do three and four, but then the yeah. studio got dissolved and absorbed into like making Call of Duty games, so it all fell through. Those remakes were huge. Like they sold incredibly well. They were like, so good too. It wasn't yeah, like yeah. okay, they they you know did it halfway or anything like that. Uh, that one uh, HD remaster that they put out on like Xbox Live Arcade or something several yeah, years I ago. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that one was rough. And it's like no, this was like what we all wanted all along. And they finally, it finally seemed like the series was getting some momentum again. And then nope, studio gone. <sighs> I don't know. Such a bummer. But uh, that Tony Hawk was not a part of this Nintendo Direct, but we got a, another code recollection. So I have no idea about this series, but apparently uh, we got a DS game called Trace Memory. And mm-hmm. then there was a Wii sequel, which was never released in North America. But uh, th- this recollection has both versions of or both the DS game and then the Wii sequel coming to North America for the first time. And uh, it looks like a cool little like adventure style game with some fun yeah, it's puzzles. Like, it's like, like a, a mystery s- game. It's striking it, it, art style. There was like this this is a window on the DS where there were these like mystery games that like Hotel Dusk was kind of in that zone where they're like visual mystery novels that also took advantage of the DS's like touch screens. And there was like I and um, I actually my my wife was a big fan of, of these. And I remember I told her like when they announced I sent her a text, I was like, hey, Trace Memory coming to switch. And her first reaction was like, oh, yeah, that was the first game where I had to like blow on the microphone to solve some puzzle. And like, I'm curious <laughs> how they'll do that on switch. I'm, I'm sure it'll just be a button press at this point. But but those are like those are like uh, uh, cult games, right? Like they're they're well liked by the people who played them, but it, they never were like huge. Um, but it's nice that the sequel will now there'll be a chance to play in America. That's that's cool. So you remember? So by, by the way, before we move on, that is coming in uh, January nineteenth. Is when another code recollection is coming out. The League of Legends franchise is the floodgates are opening at this point. You know, we got mm. the that one from uh, God. What was the the one that came out last year? I don't remember what it was called, but. For the longest time, League of Legends was just League of Legends. And then they're like, no, we're doing a League of Legends stories, which are just a bunch of different games from a bunch of different genres. Two of them were featured in this direct. We have Bandle Tale, which is a crafting RPG. And then we have Song of Nunu, which is a single player story driven adventure. Okay. Yeah, it's a very, very weird name. Um, so I don't know enough about League of Legends to talk about either of these, and I didn't really get a chance to watch these trailers because, as you mentioned, we are writing, editing, all kinds of stuff during these uh, these streams. But uh, yeah, Bandle Tale comes out next year, and uh, Song of Nunu comes out on November 1st. So League of Legends fans, I- I'm still waiting 
for the Seth Killian developed fighting game that was originally another game. I forget what the 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 independent fighting game was called. Mm. Do you remember what it was called? No, I I don't remember. I mean, I know it's it's still sort of being kicked around. It was in beta for a little while, right? Like people have played it. It's I've not like vaporware, it. right? Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, League of Legends is like this I I need to watch the the Netflix show because uh, people really seem to be positive on that, and I love I love a good animated show. Um, but I, I yeah I really have no interest in playing the core game. But like I all these other spinoffs and stuff, like I'm open to it. Like maybe I if one of these will like hook me into the the sort of the world that they've created, um, I'm okay with that. I'm just waiting for one to sort of stand out for me. So the one that's going to stand out to me is going to be the Seth Killian one. So he, you know, he worked on street fighter kind of more as like a community guy, if I'm not mistaken, but he also like is extremely good at playing it and knows exactly like what fan bases want, but he left Capcom in 2012, by the way, if you know, the final boss in uh, street fighter four is named Seth. It's after him. That's how like popular he was in the community left Capcom in 2012 then in 2014, uh, he left Sony Santa Monica, which is, I guess, where he was working at that point. I did not even know that. He, yeah, yeah I don't think I did either. Um, he uh, joined Radiant Entertainment and developed a game called Rising Thunder, which was a 2015 free-to-play 2.5D robot fighting game that uh, was developed, like, so it had depth, but also was, like, approachable for a lot of different people of different skill levels. They mm-hmm. canceled that in 2016, but then that's because Riot Games acquired Radiant Entertainment. So I actually, at I think it was, was it E3 2015 or PAX West 2015? I met with Seth Killian and played Rising Thunder prior to its cancellation. It was very fun. It was a great fighting game. Mm. But they've been working on a Riot Games League of Legends fighting game ever since. So <laughs> since 2016, yeah. when they were acquired, wow. they've been working on it. So this has been in the the making for a long time. And it seems like the floodgates are finally opening. Like what this is like going to be the second and third League of Legends story games, or maybe even the third and fourth. Yeah, there's so, been like two RPGs, the rhythm game, right? Yeah. So uh, the, the airship syndicate made a few yeah. made like two, I think, right? So yeah. There's been several League of Legends stories. So I'm excited to see if that ever comes out of it. I don't know if I'm going to check out either of these. Eventually, like one of these is probably going to be my entry point into the League of Legends franchise. And I think that's what yeah. Riot Games is banking on. It's like, okay, this super complex, way too many characters MOBA might be a little unapproachable. So, like, you know, they have um they have like animes that you can check out, right? yeah that's what i was talking about the one on netflix uh which everyone loves i i I, i've been meaning to make time to watch it uh so but i have not yet there's just so many entry points into this series and eventually it's like okay well one of these is going to catch your eye you're going to check it out and then you're going to be like oh i should check out the other league of legends stuff because like now i'm into this universe and that's ultimately what riot's probably hoping for yeah i'm into it go for it Let's move on after that long diversion. Uh, we got a n- new Among Us uh, map. I don't know anything about sure. Among Us. It's coming out in October. It's called the Fungal Map. Uh, here's one that I was very excited for, and you alluded to already. Mario versus Donkey Kong. Yeah. So uh, the rivalry that heated up. I was trying to figure out, is this a remake or like a, a quote-unquote I... reimagining? I want because I I wrote the little news post on the site um, 
And so I watched it back twice, and it seems new. It does, I, but I it's don't just think Mario it's a remake. Which, yeah, I mean, then Nintendo tends to do that sometimes, or they just like you know, new Pokemon Snap, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, so I think it's I think it's a whole new game, uh, which is great. I actually those are games that like I'm almost certain I would adore, but I just never played them just because I you know a million reasons. Who knows why I didn't play them at the time? So like this is like a nice little entry point of being like, okay, I I'll check out the new Mario versus Donkey Kong on switch that like, I, I want to play this. This seems cool. Yeah. So the last one we got, Oh, I forgot about mini Mario and friends amiibo challenge. I forgot about that one. 2015 <laughs> was the one that I played, which was tipping stars, which was on Wii U and 3ds. I remember this. I think this might've been the first time Nintendo ever did cross save. Cause I think you could save it on the 3ds and then play it on the Wii U or, or maybe it was cross by oh, weird. Okay. Where if you bought the Wii U version, you got the 3d, you got like a code for the 3ds version emailed to you. Right. Right. It was one of those two. And that sounds I, right. Yeah. I played tipping stars. I remember uh former game and former editor, uh, Brian Vore reviewed it for us. I remember watching it. This is shortly after I joined game informer back in 2015. I remember watching it and be like, this looks really fun. So I went home and bought it and I played it for probably like two hours and had a good time with it, but then I didn't really feel compelled to continue. It was also like you had to set up all the blocks and everything beforehand, and then you had like a little like Mario toy that would just run the course on its own. Right. This yeah. one looks like you're actually in control of Mario as you play through these levels. So I, I'm a lot more compelled to play this version than I was Tipping Stars, I think. Yeah, I want... you. you the way I, I like environmental puzzles, right? I want to mm-hmm. be a character in a space trying to solve the puzzle there and like sort of setting off a s- series of remote control Mario's is like, it doesn't feel quite the same, you know? Uh, so I'm more, yeah, I'm with you. I'm more excited for this kind of uh, thing for sure. Though it was fun. I would not mind like tipping stars just getting ported to uh switch if they could figure out a way to do the second screen stuff because i think there was some element of like using the stylus to drag and drop blocks in order to let mario pass through right it's just like i don't know i guess this is better than that (laughs) it's like it was there was some cool stuff to it where it's like you had to like watch the little toy go through and be like oh that's where he failed i can i can i know how i can adjust this to make it so it works better next time yeah i just i always struggle a bit with like failure being a core element of a puzzle game if that makes sense it's like mm-hmm. the, the the sort of fun of the game is like you try something see if it works and if it doesn't then you fix it and i just like i've never really loved that as a just a core mechanic of like you have to get it wrong first before you get it right mm-hmm. um so that yeah that, that that's just like one of my like we were playing um with marcus we streamed um banjo because we nuts and bolts recently and that's like a big part of that game is like hey here's a mission try it it's like you do the mission and then that's where you kind of figure out what you need to do differently and then you have to do the mission again it's like ah i don't want can i skip to the just doing it right part (laughs) yeah i mean that's what was so great about tears the kingdom's approach to like building stuff and like trial and error it's like oh that thing that i built didn't work all right i guess i'll just build a new one (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, like the the fail the failure part of of Tears of the Kingdom wasn't really there because like it's not like you left the level necessarily or it like had to restart. It's like oh well you got it wrong so try again. It was more like oh I got it wrong. Let me just tweak this in real time so I can it can continue forward. You know, the only bad thing is if you fell off the Sky Island and you're like, well I have no way back now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess there's you know you 
there's look we don't need to dive into tears of the kingdom <laughs> of course we do we always need to dive into tears of the kingdom. there's but ways to get back up there really quickly splatoon 3 yeah how much time have you put into splatoon 3 uh i beat the single player campaign okay um and really liked it uh particularly the last like i guess you could say level or like couple hours of of splatoon 3 are like fantastic and i was like oh i wish the whole campaign had felt more like this uh which is to say you were in one large structure sort of making your way through as opposed to just like picking off little levels here and there mm-hmm. um so i like i like the single player stuff in splatoon 3 quite a lot and that's what they showed here which is like great love single player stuff and then the other element of it was i was like this reminds me of portal 2 uh, so much just like the white robots with red eyes like and and also like the goo like portal 2 a big part of that game was you know the goo that you could bounce off of or slide along um so I, i'm sure the game doesn't play like portal you know when i get my hands on it i'm not going to be like oh they're just doing portal splatoon is a totally different game that plays differently but like but the vibes are there you know so which yeah. is like actually makes me quite excited for it yeah, so this is called Side Order that we already knew that, but um, it's coming out spring 2024, which for some reason I thought it was coming yeah, earlier than that. That's further away than I expected, but uh, that's cool. I'm fine with that. I, it's not like I'm, <laughs> I got plenty to play right now. Yes, it, <laughs> it's absurd, actually. Like, I we'll talk about it later about like the stuff I have not gotten to that I wanted to talk about on this show, but uh, I just haven't gotten to it because there's too much stuff to play right now and we are not even in the meat of it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm very in for Splatoon 3's side order expansion. And like, you know, there's like character progression. You can strengthen your character's abilities as you go up to different floors. And uh, yeah, more single player stuff for Splatoon is always welcome because as I've said several times on this podcast, the single player content in Splatoon is criminally underrated and underappreciated. So good. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 quite good. Yeah, the end of Splatoon 3 is just look it up on YouTube if you haven't seen it. Like the final boss encounter of Splatoon 3 is nuts. It's fantastic. <laughs> All the bosses in the Splatoon series are amazing. And like it it feels like almost like, okay, if Mario had different, like 3D Mario games had different mechanics, this would be the game. That's what it oh, feels like to me. Or it's like the design is clever in that same way. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm quite there with you on that, but uh, it is very good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of Mario games with different <laughs> mechanics, Super Mario RPG, Kyle. Yeah. I'm going to have to let you carry me on this one because <clears throat> I've never played beyond like the opening of the original Mario RPG, which, by the way, the opening of that game, all time great. Playing like the, a oh, Bowser yeah. battle and everything. Right. And it's like, I oh, actually, we're starting with a Bowser fight. I actually, yeah, I replayed the beginning recently for because um, I've captured some footage for some some videos and stuff uh, for like our uh, sea of stars coverage because sabotage uh s- specifically references mario rpg as a, as a point of inspiration but i yeah i love mario rpg i I, th- I feel like i've talked about it on all things nintendo before where it's like that was actually the first turn-based rpg where i understood like why it was fun I, mm. maybe that's a weird thing to say but like you know at a time when i was young and i would just like video games like would just had to be fun in five seconds like I just I would I remember I went to a friend's house and popped in Final Fantasy six or something. And I was like, I, I'm just like, 
I can't make any progress because I walk five steps and I get attacked. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of like reading. Not I love. I was I was a kid who read a lot, but I would not. But I was never in reading mode when I played video games. You know, I, was sure. like, I don't want to. I want to be able to jump and fight and attack and stuff. And then I was like, and then the fighting was like, I'm just selecting menus. Like what? What? This is people like this was kind of like my reaction. You know, and uh, I totally like. Uh, wrote them off and like i remember even reading about uh, praise for chrono trigger in like nintendo power magazine and being like come on they're 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 they're, people don't understand that this is a (laughs) turn-based game when they actually they're trying to trick us like if you actually go play chrono trigger you're going to realize it's stupid um but of course i i got over that and then and don't feel that way anymore but like i it was mario rpg that kind of taught me what what works about an RPG that makes it fun and like, it's the progression. It's like the characters, it's like the sort of slow pace of combat and like figuring out what are the best attacks rather than like, rather than being like, how quickly can I attack it, it, Like, right. It just taught me all these things about the game. And it just, I love the look. I love the world. I love the timed button pressing and the combat like that, that, that is so huge for me. That's like, I, I, I really love that whenever that's implemented well, like sea of stars recently, a game that I really love had that in the game. And I, I think it helps with the combat significantly. Um, yeah. So much for all more those... than just like kind of, all right, I'm going through the same menu over and over again to yes. select the attack. Like you're actually paying attention and you're watching and you're, you know, and like you could totally make it through those games without taking advantage of those bonuses, but it's like, it just makes it more fun and it makes it more interactive. Um, so with all that being said, like, those are all the reasons that I'm excited to see this game remade. I, I haven't played it, uh, in full in, in years. I think the last time I played it was like maybe like 2001 or something like that. And, uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm ready to revisit it. Like, uh, it, 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 it looks great. The more they show of it, the, the more excited I get for it. It's, it's another one of those games. It's like, I, I don't really need to know more about it. It's a game that already exists. I, mm-hmm. I just I just want to get my hands on it, which is not too far off, actually, right? It's just like a month or two or something like that, if even that. November 17th. November 17th. Yeah, pretty close. It's two so, months away. So yeah, I'm excited for Mario RPG, for sure. This will be my first time playing it, like I said, beyond that kind of opening area, because I was kind of with you. I, I saw like my friend playing it, and I was at his house, and I was like, what is this? It's like I've never seen graphics like this before because yeah. like, you know, on the Super Nintendo that those kind of like 3D models were very, very, very rare. Yeah. And it was kind uh, of the first time you saw Mario in 3D in a way. Sort kind of, of, yeah. You know, yeah. Obviously, Mario 64 blew it out of the water. but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of graphics anyway. But yeah, I'm excited to see this return. And, you know, I think that it's going to be a, a game that I definitely devote some time to when it comes cool. out. A um, couple of things third-party kind of indie releases that I wanted to touch on very briefly. Dave the Diver, which blew up on PC over the summer, came out June 28th on PC and got a lot of buzz, so much so that our editor-in-chief, Matt Miller, went and checked it out and wrote a review because he was like, oh, everybody's talking about how great this game is. Let me check it out. And he he loved it. He gave it an 8.75 out of 10. So it's coming to Switch. It's not on any consoles yet, but it is coming to Switch first. So it's coming as far as consoles concerned. Switch is going to be the first one. It says October twenty sixth is when that comes out. Basically, oh, that's pretty exp- quick. Yeah. yeah. So uh, before uh, before Mario RPG. <laughs> so you explore uh, deep sea, and you uh, I guess you're catching fish, and then you you use those fish in a sushi bar that you manage. So like, there's like 
this gameplay loop of diving into the sea and getting fish and then uh, managing your restaurant during that. But then there's also like all these mysteries you have to uncover, mini games, side quests, all while you're maintaining this sushi business. So uh, by all accounts, it's an incredible game. So I'm excited to check that out. I have it on my computer. But like I said, I don't want to sit at my computer any longer than I have to when the workday is over. Yeah, same. So yeah, that's this kind of... Is- this is where I'll check it out is on switch. Oh, yeah. and it looks like such a perfect switch game. Like the, the art style and everything kind of like the, the pixelated like visuals and everything. It, it looks right up my alley on switch. Uh, war Grove, war groove two is, uh, I wonder how much luster has been lost from the war groove series. I know it was very well, like the first one, but it's like very much like uh, the, the pitch of that first one was like, what if they made a new advanced wars game? And it was modernized. And now they have done that as of this year. Uh, You know, we have the first two Wargroove games on Switch. So I'm wondering how much luster has been lost here. I think this one's exclusive to Switch. Wargroove 2. Yeah, Wargroove 2. And it's coming on October 5th. But like, there's a lot of new stuff, like in terms of like, there's like a three different campaigns, a new roguelike game mode and a new cast. So there's a lot of stuff to to look forward to here, but I just wonder if people are going to be like, yeah, I already got my fill this year of like kind of like the turn-based tactical uh, gameplay with like this art style and everything. I don't know. I, I'm hopeful yeah. that it does well and I'm hopeful it's very good. I, I mean, I have no reason to believe it's not going to be good, but yeah, we'll see how it does when it comes out on October 5th. Yeah, not, not a series I have any particular affection for or anything it seems good but yeah i don't know we'll see if i play it have you ever played horizon chase 2 <laughs> no is that is that was that a mobile game or now it's coming to switch? at one is point that... i think it might have been but it, it has been on playstation for a long time okay and it's a very solid arcade style like throwback to like the 90s racing games like you know i know uh we recently got a new cruising game it was yeah. one of the first eShop gems that I ever brought up. I think you were on the episode because uh, it was your first time on all things Nintendo, I believe. And this almost goes back that, to like... That was when I... Really? I was on that? Because I, like, just a heads up, I was like working at the publisher Game Mill at the time, which published the physical version of the game. So I was like... I think you had just <laughs> left at that point. Or maybe... Okay, okay. Maybe, I don't know. Either way. But anyway, just, yeah, disclaimer. I was involved in the publishing of... of of, of cruising was it called cruising blast cruising blast <laughs> okay it's been a while sorry but we're not talking about cruising blast so it's all right right, 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 right. we're talking horizon about horizon 2. chase 2 which but it looks like it kind of has that same style where like it, it, it or it is kind of like that same style. i've played a little bit of it on playstation where it throws back to like those old cruising games from the 90s and i love those games so i'm all about this i i have it on playstation but i will probably pick this up on switch and it's out now so uh, if you want to check that out, go do it. Um, cool. A few more big games, and then we're going to kind of probably cruise through the next uh, several. But let's talk about WarioWare Move It. How are you feeling about this one? Great. It's another one that I like. don't even need to know more about other than the release date and when I can play it. <laughs> well, November 3rd, Kyle. November yeah, 3rd yeah, that's is the release date. Great. That's all I need. That's... I I won't even probably if they show any more trailers at this point. It's like WarioWare is such a series about being surprised by what is happening on screen all of a sudden that I I don't need to see anything else about that game until I'm playing it. It's saying more than 200 micro games and then their quote, not mine, multiplayer modes aplenty. Oh, so plenty, I'm, you say? 
I am very excited for that. It seems like it is a follow-up to WarioWare Smooth Moves, which I maintain is the best WarioWare game, which I know for, it's controversial for some people. A lot of people will assert that the Game Boy Advance version is the best one. I think it's the Wii version, which is Smooth Moves. Yeah, that's, I don't know. I'd have to think about it, but I do love Smooth Moves for sure. I, I spent a lot of time on, on Smooth Moves multiplayer, yeah. Maybe it was just at like the perfect time for me. Maybe I'm just like looking at it through rose-colored glasses because it was right when I started drinking and I would have friends over. Yeah. And we would just like, you know, have a, a yeah, couple, for that. couple yeah. drinks and play WarioWare Smooth Moves. And I've we broke multiple Wii remotes doing so, but it was <laughs> <laughs> it was a very good time. Uh, yeah. And WarioWare Move, it looks like it's right up that alley. So that is that one. Uh, Detective Pikachu Returns. I got a chance to play that game. You can go hear my impressions on a past episode, but continues to look good. Looks like they have some, uh, they showcase Luxray's special ability, which is the ability to look through walls. Already talked about how Growlithe can like follow sense and uh, Darman, Darman, I can never pronounce Darmanton, Darmanton. Yeah. Darmanton. I think that's, there's no way of knowing Uh, smash rocks. So yeah, that that's, Looking good. October 6th, right around the corner, is Detective Pikachu Returns. That's real close. Uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. We got the Booster Course Pass Wave 6, the final wave of DLC for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. How are you feeling about the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe DLC that we've gotten so far? I mean, it's great. I haven't played a lot of it. Um, Every couple of months, I'll be like, oh, yeah, Mario Kart. And then I mean, my kid will play through the new tracks and stuff. But it's not like a destination for me, right? It's not like oh, these are out today. I got to go play these. Like, it's mm-hmm. not quite that, but like, yeah. I mean, Mario Kart 8 is such a huge sort of has such a huge install base for Nintendo. Like I, this is cool. Like I, th- I like that they took this approach to just like adding so much to it. Like um, I, th- if you had asked me, like, would you rather have that or nine? I probably still would have said nine, but like, I'm very happy with, with this for sure. I mean, they literally are doubling the number of courses and then also adding a bunch of new characters, especially in this wave. Yeah. Um, so now we are getting funky Kong, Diddy Kong, Pauline and Peachette. That's four new characters in this wave. Yeah. And then cool. also we're getting uh, you know, six new courses, right? Or eight, eight new courses is usually the way it goes. Yeah. Was it, uh, they had a name for it. Well, Daisy circuit, remember. but it, Daisy that's from, circuit. that's, that's a, a level from Mario Kart. Wii. Right. Okay. 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 So we're gonna get uh, more levels, uh, presumably announced in the lead up to that, and it's saying it's coming out this holiday season. So if you have the expansion pack for Switch Online, it's no additional cost, or you can buy the uh, booster course pass. I think it's like twenty five dollars. So it's not really that bad when you consider how many courses you. What is it? Ninety six new tracks, or something like I, that. That sounds right. Or maybe 96 is the number of tracks that are in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe in total. Once this, I don't know. There's math to be done. <laughs> There's math to be done. <laughs> um, let's see. You talked about the Spy Family game or Spy Cross Anya. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Anya. Okay. Do you know about that show? I don't uh, know anything about any of the words I just okay. said. Here's the premise of the show because it's quite good. It's uh, All right. So there's um, there's a secret agent and then an assassin. And through a series of events... They uh, have to pretend to be uh, husband and wife, right? Okay, but but Mr. the Mrs. other Smith, right? But the, but the other, yes, kind of. But they don't, and they don't know that the other is a spy and the other is an assassin, oh. right? Okay, so that's the Mister and Mrs. Smith, right? But thrown into all that mix, in order to keep up the appearances as a, as a true couple, they adopt a child, and the child 
happens to be telepathic. So she knows, you know, what their whole deal is, but they don't know each other. And it's like, it's actually quite hilarious. And then it's like, there's these great assassin scenes and spy sequences. It's like, it's, it's a really bizarre premise that just comes together in a great way. That's very funny. And I, I quite like that show a lot. It's, it's very good. So Kyle, where can I watch this show? Because it sounds very fun. (laughs) Uh, you know, I think it's on Hulu and then Crunchyroll and Funimation. Um, but yeah, I, I think Hulu. Um, but it's it's going to take over the world. Like you'll probably be uh, Netflix will do a live action adaptation of Spy Family in the coming years. I'm sure that kind of thing. So it's just a combination of Mr. and Mrs. Smith and The Incredibles. Um, n- what? No, just having the, like the super powered baby is all. I going guess off so. Of. Yeah, but she's like it's. It's really the it really what it comes down to. It's not that she's like a superhero, the kid Anya. It's just that she knows she knows the full picture, but no one else really does. <laughs> and, okay. it, and it just and it leads to a lot of comedy where she's like, I got to help my dad, who's a spy and help my mom, who's an assassin. But they can't know that I that I know that they know. <laughs> it's good. It's very good. It sounds very good. I'm honestly yeah. like, uh, you know, it takes a very, very, very solid premise with also good reviews from people who watch it to get me to like really like want to go watch like an anime because a lot of them just have so many episodes and have so many like moving parts and everything it's hard to get into yeah see this one's new i think it's only got like two two seasons or so which is what like 750 episodes no come on (laughs) some of those seasons in anime are ridiculous no they are i agree uh super crazy someone who has watched a lot of one piece i know what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) super crazy rhythm castle uh I did not pick up that it has it's just music from Konami games, which I did not realize. So it's a rhythm adventure coming to switch time. Your button presses with the music to solve puzzles and battle bosses. Rock out to over 30 thrilling tracks from Bloody Tears and Vampire Killer from Castlevania. Hell yeah. And then, uh, yeah, coming out November 14th. That sounds fun. Looked fun. Is um, fun. Let's Maybe. see. I, don't know. I haven't played it. A few more things here. Yeah, we're wrapping up here. Unicorn Overlord. Did you see this? What is it? I think I I think I completely missed this one. It's from Unicorn. the creators the of 13 Sentinels, which very well liked game. Oh, really? Vanillaware. Oh, that's huge. I totally missed this. That's like makes me so much more interesting. New RPG from them. Traverse <laughs> vibrant world. Cultivate a grand army with over 60 distinct characters and grow your renown throughout the five nations in this epic fantasy adventure. Oh, I want to wow. say they okay. mentioned that it was tactical as well, but I'm not entirely sure. I'm embarrassed. If if I had known this was Vanillaware, I would have dropped everything to like pay attention. <laughs> the best like... name of any game on the direct, though. Unicorn Overlord. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm watching this now and I'm like, oh yeah, obviously this is vanilla where you just look at a little cutscene and it's like, yeah, no, their their visual style is is fantastic. Uh I wonder if it will be as story centric as 13 Sentinels. 13 Sentinels was basically a visual novel, like a borderline visual novel. Um and it was Should it was I check it good. out? Should I check out 13 Sentinels? I've heard nothing but glowing so I think it might have been Kim Wallace when she I think it was her final episode before she left Game Informer. She was the one who recommended it to me as an eShop gem. And I yeah. was like, OK, I'll check that out. And then I looked, I'm like, oh, it's $60. I don't really want to drop $60 on a game that I might not be able to get to right now. No, it's it's I I mostly watched my wife play. Um, 
and was really even even passively i was like well what's happening oh that's really interesting like it's it's got a really interesting story and premise that i, I won't spoil or anything but uh it's very cool okay well and atlas is publishing it oh my gosh did they publish 13 sentinels i think so wow this is huge why didn't you tell me about this sooner, uh, Brian? <laughs> Wanted to get your your raw reaction. No, I just assumed you saw it because <laughs> yeah, well, of course. I, I never I think know I was who was doing stuff time. when in those streams, <laughs> right? I guess okay. So, Thirteen Sentinels was published in Japan by Atlas, but published worldwide by Sega, which is like, I mean, Sega owns point, Atlas at this yeah, point, so it's all the same. So, very cool. Okay, so I'm just gonna give a few shout outs here. Uh, War Tales, which is a uh, a turn-based tactical game so many of those on switch up to four players can share command and overcome foes as a team online that is on switch now uh saga emerald beyond a multi-layered rpg full of rich stories awaits uh that is coming to switch next year 17 interconnected worlds that you can journey through uh eastward octopia which is an expansion for the popular game eastward that's coming to Switch this holiday season. Ayudin Chronicle 100 Heroes. I feel like we've been waiting for that game for years now. Uh, more than 100 characters you can choose from in that RPG. It's um, what, What's the game that it is like a, a direct inspiration from? I'm drawing um, a blank. Suikoden, right? Suikoden, yeah. Right. Uh, so that's coming to Switch on April 23rd. And then Battle Crush, which is like kind of like a top-down brawler R- uh, ro- uh, battle royale. I couldn't think of the, the genre. Yeah, top-down brawler battle royale that was originally announced for PC and uh, mobile games, now coming to Switch, and then there's a closed beta coming in October. There is uh, one more thing that we can talk about here before we move on from the direct new amiibo figures. Kyle, I know you've you've got a few amiibos over there at your house. Yeah, I I get I like the Zelda ones. I have all the Zelda ones, and then and then I will just like. If one just stands out to me that I like, if it's a character I like or something, I'll, I'll grab it. Uh, which is to say, I, I'll I'll grab Sora. I think Sora is super fun. I'll get a Sora. Maybe. And I'm assuming you're also going to get the Tears of the Kingdom Zelda and Ganondorf as well, which got release dates yep. November 3rd. Cool. Those are absolutely, I'm, I'm going to pre-order those as soon as I can because sometimes they're hard to find. Yeah, actually, in fact, Brian, if you could give me a shout when you see that happening, let me know. <laughs> I'll do it yeah. as well. I, uh, I, you helped me get one of the amiibos, right? One of the Zelda amiibos was it I the, think so. The Majora's Mask one, maybe. We we usually maybe. are like we watch each other's back when it comes to Zelda amiibos. You we know? do, yeah. Uh, and I appreciate that 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 brotherhood and camaraderie that we have for Zelda yeah, amiibos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Noah and Mio from Xenoblade Chronicles Three. They're going to be coming January nineteenth. And then the final DLC character for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. You already said his name, Sora from Kingdom Hearts, yeah. coming sometime in 2024, which will be the final Smash Brothers Ultimate amiibo figure to release, which means everyone is here finally in amiibo form. <laughs> that's what they even said on the direct. So I, I can't yeah, even take yeah. credit for that one. But that that's exciting that all of the Smash Brothers Ultimate characters are now available. Have you picked up any of like the recent smash ultimate uh, figures? What? Let's see. I got Sephiroth in cloud and Banjo Kazooie, but I don't try. I guess not. I guess the most recent would have been Banjo Kazooie that I picked up. Um, I'm looking at mine right now. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I was wondering where you're going. Um, 
I got uh, Joker from Persona 5. Oh, I do have Joker. Yes, I do have Joker. Not uh, not from well. Batman. Um, yeah. I got Kazuya from Tekken. Mm, yeah, that's cool. And I got uh, Simon from Castlevania, but he was just an, like a Smash Ultimate launch character. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I want Sora. I want Sora um, and the other and the Zelda ones for sure. Uh, I, I don't I... know if I got Sephiroth, did I? I don't remember. Got one wing. I'm going to be very upset if I don't have Sephiroth because that, that was a cool one that I wanted. And I maybe I just missed it when he got when he became available. And now it's going to be $83 to buy him on Amazon if I want to do it. Or yeah, maybe he's readily available. Who knows? Yes. There's no way of knowing when it comes to Amiibos. <laughs> yeah, that's why I bought the Bacoblin Amiibo for $35 when Tears of the Kingdom came out. And then like literally a week later, they're like, we're restocking the Bacoblin Amiibo. It'll be available for like $16. <laughs> I know. I remember. Yeah, I remember you texting me about that. Then, Yeah, I think it was like it was like within weeks, right? It was like two weeks later. Or something oh, yeah. Like it was like literally like a week or two later. And it was uh, and of course, I was at a store the other day and they literally had like probably 15 of them on the shelf <laughs> I'm like well here's the good news is if you go buy sephiroth now on ebay that means they'll restock that for everybody else so if you want to <laughs> yeah. do that for us that's how it works kyle what did you give what would what would you give a grade letter grade for this nintendo direct Ooh, letter grade um like a like a b minus c plus that's where like, i was at passing grade right like not i went in with low expectations and they were slightly uh exceeded <laughs> yeah i'm about there as well like you yeah know, it was uh, fine yeah princess peach uh showtime looks great yeah. uh mario kart booster pack or booster course pass wave six looks fun has a lot of great characters getting added uh i'm excited for the tomb raiders weirdly like i, I want to play those <laughs> i deck that's a funky one but yeah I'm mario versus that. donkey kong that's that's yeah, a highlight yeah. for me uh thousand year door. yeah yeah there's a lot it, of good stuff there's, a, there's Very, a lot of solid stuff right nothing like really super exciting but just yeah we a, didn't get a super mario brothers wonder like we did the last full nintendo direct right. where it was yes. like okay this is like the big game that's on the horizon now and no zelda stuff which they've now i believe confirmed right they said that they're not doing dlc for tears of the kingdom which is just sort of flabbergasting i was like really okay i guess i wonder if the dlc for breath of the wild just wasn't worth the investment that they put into it like maybe just not a lot of people bought it um, I don't know, but uh, I was surprised by that. News. I don't know if you saw or you, you listened to last week's episode or uh, saw my tweet about this, but I, I made my pitch for the final uh, tr- entry in this trilogy of Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom and whatever the next game would be. Mm. And that is when the Master Sword shattered at the start of Tears of the Kingdom, it released the spirit of demise. Because remember, at the end of Skyward Sword, he was his spirit or his soul or whatever was sealed within the master sword and then that's the final thing and it because the triforce has been so like in the background of this this current uh series of zelda games that is like it demises back and like it's now literally like a battle for the triforce to like you know destruction of hyrule or the saving of hyrule and like that's what the story is and it'd be cool because you know we've already beaten ganon we've beaten ganondorf now to have like the final kind of climactic showdown with the guy who kind of started it all would be a fun little like way to wrap up this trilogy of games. Yeah. I, yeah. It's always that thing of like, I don't think they really think about Zelda in terms of like trilogy, right. In terms of like continuous story, like mm-hmm. there is a continuous story, but I think Nintendo just likes to sort of make them stand alone. And then we'll get the odd sequel, like tears of the kingdom or 
you know, Majora's Mask with asterisks. But like, yeah, I think whatever's next for Zelda is going to be another big step, right? Like, I think it's, I think, I, I, I think it's, we're not going back to that high roll, right? Enough to turn this into a sort of prediction for the next Zelda. But like, I think it's going to be a whole new world, probably a different art style. Like, I think they're trying, they're, I think it's, I think they're ready to sort of, you know, shake it out and mix it up and, and try something big again. Um, but it's still using the sort of core open nature of, of Breath of the Wild Tears of the Kingdom. But we'll see. We'll see. If you're living in Hyrule, at what point do you just say, I'm I'm moving? <laughs> this, <laughs> I'm sick of this guy continually <laughs> destroying our kingdom. I mean, honestly, it's not safer anywhere else. At least there you got the hero of time showing up every couple of decades to sort of set things straight, you know? But like, if you just moved off to Koholint Island or whatever, like, who knows if a hero will show up and save the day, you know? Yeah, I mean, move to Termina, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's its own. I mean, <laughs> that seems that almost Link, worse somehow. I know the fact that Link happened to show up, you know, to stop the end of the world was just a coincidence, you know. So I I, I think I stay in Hyrule. I, I try to be as close to Link and Zelda as I can be. <laughs> but all right, Kyle, let's let's put a bow on the Nintendo Direct. Before we wrap up, I did want to talk a little bit about my impressions of Mortal Kombat 1. That game, I have not played the Switch version, so I can't really vouch for how it plays. I, I It's the same studio that did the Mortal Kombat 11 port back when that came out on Switch. But Mortal Kombat 1 is a very, very technologically advanced game. On I played the PlayStation 5 version. Mm. Super good. Love it. Absolutely one of the best uh, games I've played in 2023. The story mode is unbelievable. Um, I, I just finished it last night and, you know, it's just a, uh, just a fantastic story. It has plenty of nods to, even though like it's technically a reboot, like, you know, it, it follows the events of 11 where like reboot Luke, of a reboot, I'm, Luke I'm Kang kind of reboots the universe. <laughs> yeah. He just like rewrites the timeline in his, his image, but there's so many like nods to like Mortal Kombat past and everything. And lots of Easter eggs, lots of acknowledgements of things that have happened. So if you're a Mortal Kombat fan, that's a great time uh, a lot of these characters you've known and loved over all the decades of these these games that have been coming out and uh if you're new to it then this is a good start uh, starting point as well because they like anything that is referenced they do kind of catch you up on it um there's also a single player mode called invasions where it's like just a ton of like battles you're going through like a uh a hub, like a node-based hub world, almost like Mario three. No, okay, you're going weird. through and uh, all these different challenges and everything. And it's like, all right, Boy, well, is one. It, or is it more like smash brothers ultimates sort of single player mode? Is that the closer point I mean, of maybe? Cause there are like modifiers you can equip to it and everything. So yeah, maybe okay. that, that's a better, better comparison, but it's going to be seasonal. And I think it's every six weeks it's going to turn over. And I think when I asked them at NetherRealm, how many hours will it take to complete? They're like, we're aiming for like eight hours per season. Hmm. So it's a lot of stuff that's, that's getting jammed in there. And they're giving a lot of rewards just for playing it. So you get a lot of in-game currency, get a lot of cosmetics. Uh, I got new cameo fighters, which are like, that's the big new mechanic where you just press like the uh, left shoulder button and they'll jump in and perform an attack or like buff you or whatever like that in the middle of the match. And that operates That's so smart cooldown. because there's so many characters in any fighting game, particularly Mortal Kombat, where it's like we want to see them, but like we don't 
we don't need to like play as them. <laughs> yeah. And that a lot of those characters fall into that category and it's perfect that they are just putting them as cameos. And some of them are both like, you know, I have Scorpion on the main roster and I have Scorpion as a cameo fighter. So it, it oh, makes nice. sense okay. in that regard, but it's like an old school Scorpion. It looks like the Scorpion from Mortal Kombat one is the cameo fighter. And nice. then like the modern version of Scorpion is the playable character. So I'm having a great time with invasions. I'm still playing through this first season of content. There's a lot of it. I'm I'm just tackling all this. There's also towers, which are just kind of like the traditional arcade style mode where it's like you choose which tower you want to go on and then like you fight sequential battles all the way up to the top. And then there's character endings at the end of it to kind of like like, like the old school arcade modes where it tells you like what happens when they win. Mm. And that's that's fun. And then, um, yeah, there's customization. Like I have, as you play through story, as you play through invasions, you unlock all these like cosmetics and everything. And it's so fun to go in and be like, oh, I want to give my scorpion a different mask and I want to customize and you can choose like there's going to be different skins that you can unlock and everything as well. So like I equipped the Jean-Claude Van Damme skin to Johnny Cage. So anytime uh, Johnny Cage pops up outside of story mode, because in story mode, I guess. Johnny Cage is one of the main characters, so I'm assuming they did not get Jean-Claude Van Damme or, like, for long enough to voice all of the lines in the story <laughs> mode. But like, I don't know. What's he up to? You know, I don't know maybe. <laughs> it's very fun to see Jean-Claude Van Damme, the original vision for Mortal Kombat, uh, finally in a Mortal Kombat game. That is cool. That and he's, is in, fun, like, yeah. he's in an outfit that looks very reminiscent of Bloodsport, which was like one of the original inspirations for Mortal Kombat. So that's a very fun yeah. like full circle no, we- moment. Because I've been, we've been playing Mortal Kombat Nine on replay. Please tune in on Fridays, Marcus and I, and we went down the rabbit hole of like it was more than just an inspiration. Like they were, they were trying to make a licensed blood sport game, yeah. <laughs> you know. And then the license fell through, so they pivoted uh, into something that is would it's way more successful ultimately. <laughs> you know? The blood sports one of my favorite all time movies, so I'm I'm very excited to <laughs> to have that referenced in here. Right. Uh, but yeah, the customization options are fun. I'm I'm excited to see how much they open up on that because there are so many different skins they could add, so many different palettes, so many different customization pieces that they could add if they really wanted to go like all in on this. So I'm looking forward to seeing that expand as the years go on of supporting this game. And they could really support this game a lot. And they seem like they are with the, the invasions mode. But yeah, Mortal Kombat 1 incredible fighting mechanics as well as gory as ever so if you're worried that like they're they're pulling their punches there they are not some of these fatalities are like like i don't want to say cringe inducing because that has like a negative connotation but like I, i've winced a couple of times like oh that, that was that was pretty <laughs> brutal looking like there's one uh i don't want to go in too de- too much depth without like uh but yeah there's one where basically you know you've seen you've seen like sword swallowers at like uh events <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll take that and yeah, make it, them all the time maybe make it more I brutal can't, can't walk uh 10 feet out of my house without seeing one of those just sword swallowers everywhere in the streets these <laughs> days but yeah there's a it's just as brutal and gory as ever so mortal kombat one it i'm again haven't played the switch version but if it's anything like the playstation 5 version that i'm reviewing it is fantastic and you should go check it out cool uh the one that i have not gotten to yet but I want to shout out that it's available now. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, the Teal Mask expansion is out right now. And I'm excited to dive into that. I'm going to do it this weekend, uh, just kind of get a feel for it. Uh, and, you know, just wanted to shout out that is available now. It's the first of two parts coming to Pokemon Scarlet and Violet as expansions. So go check those out if you would like to. Uh, make sure you buy the right 
uh, version because as I found out, I, I'm luckily I did not fall prey to this, but there are uh, distinct versions. So if you have Scarlet and you accidentally buy the Violet version of the expansion pass, you're out of luck. So be very careful about which one you buy. Uh, but yeah, that is available now. And uh, yeah, Kyle, I think that's an episode of All Things Nintendo. Thank you for joining me for this show. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. It was a, it was a big week for Nintendo, kind of unexpectedly. You know, it's like these directs just happen all of a sudden. It was. And uh, as a show note for next week, I am currently planning on running an interview that I actually did a few weeks ago. So that version will not be a video version if you are watching this. Also, uh, you know, if, if there's any news that hits, as long as it's not like blockbuster news that we have to absolutely cover on a timely episode of All Things Nintendo, uh, we'll be pushing the news to the following episode. But uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Do me a favor. If you haven't already, throw All Things Nintendo a five-star review and hit that subscribe button. If you want to get any questions or comments in, you can get in touch with me at allthingsnintendo at gameinformer.com or hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, Blue Sky, or Threads at Brian Pichet. And then you can also join the Game Informer Community Discord, which is a perk for subscribing to our Twitch channel, even just for one month. Go While you subscribe, go check out the Mortal Kombat 9 Super Replay that Kyle and Marcus Stewart are doing. But outside of that, Kyle, where can people find you online? Uh, the internet... Uh, just Google my name. You'll you'll track me down. I, I predominantly use Blue Sky lately. I'm trying to kind of switch over there. That's where I that's where I post the most stuff lately. So yeah, I'm, I I haven't figured out which one I'm landing on. I've, I'm back on Twitter and I've been using that the most, but that's only because there's the most people there. But yeah. I would love to do Threads or Blue Sky at some point. Yeah, just waiting for one to sort of be the the sort of you know cemented like this is the one we're all using great yeah. I'm, I'm there don't know. want to get too involved or uh, too for, invested yes but, exactly kyle that is our show for this week thank you all again so much for listening take care we will see you next time <laughs>